not the most sociable boy. He mixed with people perfectly well when it was necessary, at school or on the bus, but kept himself to himself when it was not. Silas's uncle sometimes said that his mother's death had turned him into a moody and melancholy boy. Far too serious for a twelve-year-old. But Silas didn't agree. As far as he was concerned, he simply knew his own mind and found it company enough. Whatever the truth, Silas was used to filling his life with his own kind of cheer. This was just what Silas was doing at four o'clock on that peculiar Friday afternoon. He was lying in his room, turning his favourite kite over and over in his hands, imagining it thousands of feet in the air, carving its beautiful path above the distant hills at the edge of town, gliding over caves and waterfalls, forgotten bowers and crevices, great hollowed-out oaks and lakes carpeted with lilies. He pictured it among the great birds that he sometimes saw from his window soaring above the town. Eagles, owls, falcons, ospreys, playing with the wind and surveying all the beauty of the world. Suddenly, the grating voice of his uncle brought him crashing back to earth. Silas! came the voice through the old trap door. Mail! Silas sighed drawing himself reluctantly out of his daydream. He lowered the kite carefully to the floor and pushed himself up from the mattress. Coming! he shouted. He took down his tatty old rucksack from the shelf, walked to the corner of his room and, as was his habit, kissed his fingers and touched the smooth, worn edge of a photo frame suspended above the trap door before heaving it open and descending into the darkness below. As it fell closed, the old picture rocked on its nail, briefly animating his mother's faded face, her warm, smiling eyes still bright beneath the glass. The short, dark stairwell led to a not-quite-straight oblong of light in which Silas could see the silhouette of his uncle. Tobias Tate was an exceptionally tall man, a fact that was only made more apparent by his thinness. His legs and arms were so long and slight that one might fear for their safety as he swung them up and down the narrow staircases and passageways of Gablety Row. Even his face was long and narrow, and his hair stood up on end in a manner that suggested that just as gravity pulled him down, some other invisible force tugged at his upper extremities. And yet... Perhaps in an attempt to fight this upward tendency, Tobias Tate had developed a graceless stoop. An arching of the shoulders and a thrusting forward of his head, which gave him an ugly, almost predatory appearance. When he entered a room, it was his sharp nose that appeared first, followed by the black plumes of his eyebrows and his furrowed brow. Then his long, sinewy neck. A bookkeeper by trade and passion, he spent most of his days in his study poring over piles of papers and tapping on his many computers, all of which made his stoop more pronounced, his face more pallid and gaunt, and his character more unutterably miserable. Tardy! he barked. Tardy, Silas, that's what you are. And, if you don't know what that means, look it up because on account of your tardiness I don't have time to explain. The voice was dry and expressionless. 
but Silas could tell from the unusual length of his uncle's sentence that he was in an especially irritable mood. A large, thin white hand thrust a pile of letters into Silas's chest. Sorry, uncle. I'll post them straight away, he said, pushing them into his rucksack. He stepped around and over his uncle's stray limbs and into the corridor beyond. Tardy, look it up, Tobias Tate shouted after him. Silas walked quickly down the meandering grey passageway. Someone less experienced in the curious ways of Gablety Row might trip over an unexpected rise in the floor or bruise themselves against a bulge in the wall, but these corridors were Silas's domain. Small of stature and deft of foot from his many errands, he moved with an assured ease past the many apartment doors on his left and right until he turned onto the staircase.